Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place for bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are. The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. Well, hello there, my beautiful women of the Red Podcast land. It's Ilan Kalila back, and I am so excited today because sitting with me in the virtual cyber reality of this um, time-space continuum is a couple of women that I've been seeking to speak to for a while. They wrote a book called Wild Power. Oh my good, wild power and then wise power. So that will give you a little bit of a hint. They are at the tip of the spear of the menstruality movement. Shut and I'm going to say your name wrong. <laughs> I'm going I'm to help you because <laughs> it would just be cruel to make you suffer. <laughs> Alexandra Pope and Shani Wurlitzer, who are the authors of Wise Power. And I am really, really excited to bring them to you because I've been part of this, you know, somewhat hidden and now much more revealed movement around the power of menstruation, the power of the blood mysteries for many years. And their books, particularly this last book, as you all know, I've been talking about this this wild and amazing menopause journey for a while now of my own experience. And I'm just really excited to have you both here with me this morning to talk about the work that you've been doing around menopause. So welcome, my loves. <laughs> oh, thank what you. Glorious welcome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, what a warm, warm yeah. welcome. I'm feeling so eager to get into this with you. Yeah, I, I know. Well, there are so many things that we could get into. So my the women that we're, we're talking to, I've been talking to them for a while about my own wild imaginings of menopause, particularly um, the power of the right of initiation of what menopause is and what we're really defining really, I think is probably one of the first generations to be talking about menopause, even existing, because I think up in, certainly when, even when I was growing up, you know, women in their fifties were old, right? When I was a youngster, like my grandmother looked old when she was 50, but now we're not looking old when we're 50. Like some things, have, all the goalposts are changing. So I'd love to hear you both talk about what you've been discovering about the awakening nature of menopause, and you talk about it as an initiatory process. So, yeah, what would you say to women who are on this journey about this phase of life and whoever wants to begin? <laughs> well, just a little question, eh? Tiny, 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 tiny one. What could I say on awakening? Mm. Oof, woof, woof. <laughs> Um, it's enormous. 
And um, okay, let me just really dream into this word now afresh. Mm. You know, menopause is radical. <laughs> it's radical. It's it's non-compromising in the sense that you can no longer compromise who you are. Mm. And in that act of sort of disassembling, because, of course, you know, an initiation is a death and a rebirth process. And the... The identity that you have when you arrive at menopause is going to be dismantled in some way. And this, of course, feels like utter death to our egos. Um, but there is good news. <laughs> um, really, what you're doing is you're letting go of identities, I should say, identities of who you are not. Mm -hmm. And um, and they may be identities that are very uh, cherished, ones you're attached to, but you simply, you it's, it's just fascinating. You just can't say yes to the things that are absolutely not connected to the core of you. Um, so at first, it doesn't feel like an awakening. It feels like a massive undoing, and it does feel like a kind of end. Yeah. And, um, you know, what was it all about? And it, and, and it can feel, and there can be a bleakness to that, especially if you don't understand this. If you understand this and if you're ready for it, mm -hmm. you're so ready for it, actually. I remember feeling, yeah. I'm, I, I'm over cycling. I've, I've outgrown it. You know, I need I need the next thing. I remember that in my being, actually. Yeah. So, so at first, it doesn't feel like awakening, and um, because you have to be dismantled. You know, the kind of armorings, identities, and so on that are not you. And and for a period of time, you have to kind of I want to say exist in an unknownness in in a like well. Well, well, then what, what is happening? By the way, you're doing all this whilst normal life is going on. And you still turn up to, you know, work, children, all your responsibilities. I mean, no wonder we do go crazy at menopause. Um, and really, you should be, you know, decomm decommissioning your working life so you can have this extraordinary experience. But anyway, this is happening within the context of normal life. And then the awakenings can really start to happen where you really, my God, it's, 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 it's extraordinary. That, okay, sorry, I, I'm sort of feeling my way through it. You see, I'm, I'm just sort of, I'm inside it, I'm going through it. And I'm remembering now how I just said no, 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 no. And actually, that was a form of awakening in itself, actually, I want to say. No, no, I, I am no longer going to do that job. Uh, I was a psychotherapist. No, it's over. And, you know, and then I'm thinking, well, oh, that's great, you know, but that's been my job for 25 years. You know, so what am I going to do? Or 20 years. 
Um, but it, it it is that no that we have is a very I want to say actually in a compelling awakening, but there is something more precious that really awakens in us. This and I just simply call it the revelation mm. of who I am. It's like you suddenly, when all the sort of stuff has been removed, you suddenly really start to feel and see your who you are, what your nature is. Now, I'm describing it in a very black and white way. You know, this happens and then that happens. And it's not tidy like that, actually. It's a sort of gradual process. And having said that, there are going to be moments where, and I remember it very vividly, of going, I slapped myself. I was walking down the street and I slapped myself on the forehead and I went, oh, my God, that's who I am. (laughs) I was going shopping. (laughs) And um, it is a kind of real recognition process that goes on. And, but it sort of comes to you. I always say your brain can work nothing out now. This is from your being. Your brain is frankly useless. That, you know, that kind of rational mind thinking things through. This is a very much a part of your organic being. It's rising out of your beingness, this knowledge. And so it requires nerve to ha- to trust and hang in because, and our, our minds hate that. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we've got to have a plan. We've got to, you know, no, you've got to have goals, gender, no, no, no. No, none of that will work. In fact, it will really interfere with your process. And it is um, really, it's a massive act of trust in the process and and yourself. And I actually, the thing is, menopause is portrayed as this kind of looming drama or trauma that we sort of slam into and that, you know, messes us up. And it's not that. We're actually evolved into it, for one thing, and we can talk about that later. But... Oh, gosh, I've lost my point there. And I was deep in something. My Aquarian brain goes off in different angles. So I was talking about this evolution and this process of awakening and the no. Now, I've lost my line there. And uh, (laughs) I love it, though. I love that you've lost your line because that is exactly what it feels like. When you're in a menopausal moment, you just walk into the room and you I know why I'm here. Yes, exactly. It's trust. It's this trust piece. Um, I want people actually to trust menopause. You know, there's menopause. I I, I sort of see it as this kind of energetic presence in us that is, it's a process that that is actually holding and guiding us. And, and, And if we, and this is what we describe in our book, or, you know, in our book, Wise Power, Um, we talk about the five stages, the five phases of menopause. And and understanding that will help you then to trust the process and also having a few allies because there are parts of menopause that can can feel quite excoriating at times, and that's a strong word I use. And, but this is, it's an initiation and initiations demand something of us, uh, as you know, Elaine. 
And um, there has to be some kind of, this is a dramatic word, but a kind of sacrifice. Like you you actually have it. it you have to really face something in a way you have never faced before within yourself. Mm-hmm. And it is and it and it is the act of facing that. This is the initiatory challenge of daring to still hold to yourself, even as you know you can be very self-critical at this time, um, to not abandon yourself. And it's in that act of daring to stay with yourself um, that the miracle occurs, really. The miracle of the awakening occurs. I was, um, for all of you listening, I was talking to Shani and Alexander before we came on to the recording, and um, and I was saying to them how wonderful timing is that I hadn't had a, a moon time for six months. And I, I've been in my, you know, erratic menopause for, I don't know, seven years now it's been going on. So um, I'm, I'm pretty far along the journey of, of being in the hinterlands of my life. And um, on the eclipse, which happened last week, I felt the pressure building and I was like, what is going on? It's all of this astrological energy. And then I felt really wonky. And then on Saturday, I started my moon again. And I was like, isn't that hysterical? I'm having this conversation with you both today. And here I am in my moon time and really going through the the, the level of um, clearing out that happens when we're at this phase of the journey. I would love to hear, I, I, I mean, this, when I read about the five different phases that you, you have delineated from betrayal to repair to revelation to visioning to emergence, I was, I was struck by that. And I was, I know that you could, your whole book goes into this. So by the way, spoiler alert, get the book because it'll go into a lot more depth. But I was curious about this um these phases and how you obviously have delineated them through your own journeys but also through talking to all the women that you've been working with and that obviously it's not a linear journey (laughs) it's a cyclical journey and 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 as we have been cycling our whole adult lives we're still cycling but I was wondering if you could just talk about you were just talking about a little bit Alexandra about the betrayal part like kind of like when we realize that we're going through this massive change but I was wondering if you could speak to some of the other phases that women might recognize themselves in within the menopausal journey. And um, either one of you can speak into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might um, sort of segue us in there via a slightly kind of roundabout route, um, which is just coming to, well, actually your experience with kind of erratic menopause and your cycle coming and going, but also what you were saying about this thing of, you know, losing one's line that, that happens in menopause. And um, Alexandra is speaking of initiation and the, the sort of challenge involved in that. And it just reminded me, listening to you both, of how there, there is this real intelligence at work in menopause where all the perfect ingredients are kind of laid into the pot to um, orchestrate this um, metamorphosis that we're going through. And there's something about us losing our normal faculties. I want to say losing in inverted commas, but the fact that our mind gets decommissioned, now we have to come 
into a different way of sensing, a different kind of trust. We can't rely on kind of mental control and rational thinking. There's a sort of intuitive, subtle sensing that we are called into. Um, And then the kind of instability of menopause is not tidy, like cycles come, go, are we in, are we out? That breakdown of rhythm and that destabilizing creates this incredible vulnerability in our system. And all of these ingredients are what, in a way, steps us into this world between worlds. Like we come out of one kind of known land, uh, knowing who we are and what we're about and having sort of like a level of mastery, you know, by the time you get this point in your life, there's, you've got life experience, you've done shit, you are, you know, you've got skill. And then there's all this destabilizing and kind of unnerving that happens, which is uh, creates a sort of void like opening. And then the five phases that we talk about are the, um, this intelligence, this orchestration, this kind of archetypal um, process that we get pulled into in order to um, alchemize something and experience this revelation that Alexandra so beautifully spoke about. So yes, betrayal is the first phase and a lot of that um, undoing and uh, instability is part of the betrayal, like all that we've known uh, in a way abandons us, including our youth, our good looks, <laughs> our like place in society, <laughs> to name but a few. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll, I'll say this because one of the things I was reflecting on this morning before coming on this call and I, is you know you, the, 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 you talk about this so beautifully in the book, which is this phase of if the no, but also the phase of just wanting to burn the house down and say fuck this, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm. Throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's like it's mm. a very premenstrual feeling, and I just. Very my menopause journey you know I always had a strong premenstrual energy like that was always part of what I you know I had a wild kind of horse inside of me that would just go like at premenstruation a lot of fire energy and at menopause I described you know I felt like I was premenstrual for about a year you know oh yeah oh yeah don't mess with me you know and it was this and I remember my partner, he met me right as I was heading into menopause. So he's shown me outside of menopause, which is kind of hysterical because he's like, I don't know what's going on with you, but you're, you're like a wild creature. And I'm like, I know, I know. But I think, excuse me, other thing I described too is my body felt like it was pregnant for about two years. And I was just like, am I going to give birth or not? You know, like, and it was just, Everything felt like it was, you know, pregnant with myself, obviously. But for me, it was all happening, the height of this, in COVID. Yeah. So this was really interesting, right? Because there was a forced shutdown of everything. Exactly. I know. And I was reflecting on how perfect in some way for me, because suddenly I couldn't go anywhere and there was nothing to do. 
And I was like in the depths of this part of the menopause. This was like three years ago. And I was like, isn't that wild how we were kind of put on, you know, all sent to our rooms <laughs> to go <laughs> a bit. And I was just thinking about the whole slew of women alongside me who were going through menopause at that extraordinary time. And I just want to name how messy it has been for me and how um, it's really hard to keep it together when you don't know when you're going to bleed. I'll just yeah. Because you can't track anything and yeah. you, there's no dependability anymore. And you yeah. just, it's like you, you're scat singing. You don't know. You, you might sing, you might not sing, you might be there, you might not. And I think that there's something hugely relieving about this. And, you, and Alexandra, you said it about it, you know, that moment where you're like, I'm kind of done with this cycling thing. I'm bored with that. Give me something new. Well, <laughs> The new thing means that you're suddenly gone from, you know, the steps you were dancing and now you've no idea. You're just freeforming. And um, maybe it looks good, maybe it doesn't, who knows? And so I just want to honour the work that you've been doing to really give women a space to talk about it because it is the most extraordinary phase. And I think, you know, I'm so curious as you've been talking to all the women that you have talked to and all the conversations that you've had, what are, what are some of the superpowers that we can identify that menopause gives us? Cause I think it does definitely give us that. No, like there's no bullshit anymore. Like you just don't, whatever it is, you're not going to put up with it. And you find yourself saying no to all kinds of things, but what other things have you noticed women developing a superpower for? <laughs> I'm super curious. Well, we we talk about actually we talk about having two superpowers. One is that no, and the other one is what we call the power of sight. It's this capacity to just see through things, you know, stuff that you just accepted, and you're looking at it now, and you're going, "Oh my God, did I put up with that?" And it's. It's seeing through things. And this really, um, it's very strong. Both that no and the parasite are very strong in those, that early stage of menopause. And really often you're really just seeing the shit. You just, you see, you see everything in yourself that you never saw before. So you have x-ray vision into your own shadow side. Shocking, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> And, uh, and then sort of x-ray vision into what you're seeing in the world and you see really only all the shit, for want of a better word. And I, I remember so clearly this feeling of, I've always seen myself as a fierce, you know, feminist and, yeah. you know, like stood up for myself, stood up to things, you know. And... Um, and then I had this revelation where I went, oh, I couldn't, I just felt like I'd been conned. I hadn't realised how skillfully I'd been conned in spite of my credentials. You know, I suddenly saw all the ways that I had somehow capitulated to something, however subtly. Um, yes, yeah, so you have this sight really into the darkness, weirdly, you know, but that sight doesn't leave you. Oh, and the no never leaves you because the no is, of course, boundaries. And later that no, if you learn it, because it's like a very sharp sword, 
that you have to know how to use well. And, you know, swords can harm <laughs> if they're not used, you know, <laughs> they can cause mayhem. Um, so you have to learn how to really hold that no because it's, it's so supercharged sometimes, just <sighs> barrels out of you. Um, <laughs> um, but that no uh, can evolve into this very fine discernment the power of discernment just a real so you you develop these boundaries and you develop a real power of and this is combined with sight you see this capacity to kind of just know what it is you should do and not do where to go when not to go and it is very, it becomes very precise and it becomes more precise as you get older too. But I feel menopause really lines you up. Those two powers, know and sight, sort of really come together in this real discerning energy that you come out with um, post-menopause. So there's like a, a potency you're sort of honing in your being through that refinement. So it's really a refinement of what you're about. You really come into, really, you come into what it is you're here to serve in the world. <laughs> I mean, that, it's your calling. And, 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 and menopause drags you, whether you like it or not, right into the core of your being and says, okay, you know, this is it. This is D-Day. You're going to either, either you're going to say yes to yourself and what you've come here to do, or you don't. And, you know, okay, you don't have to. You can say no to it. Do it consciously, by the way. But just be aware that this is uh, the kind of choice. It's a bit non-negotiable, but I say, why well, say no? Because saying yes, you know, something lines up in your being. And that unleashes an extraordinary power, which I don't know if I have the name for really, which is I have never been more creative Mm-hmm. I suppose it kind of unleashes the creative power. I have been never been more creative or productive for that matter. You know, never mind my life being over. Frankly, it just got going coming from <laughs> menopause. But it, it was in service of what I'm really coded for. And what a relief it was for me you know, to let go of what I wasn't really ultimately coded for. Although I developed very powerful, very important skills and knowledge and the discipline of everything I had studied was important. I brought a certain gravitas and so on. But, you know, something of my true spirit wasn't liberated in the work I was doing before. And now something is completely unleashed. So there's a creative power that emerges um, through menopause. And, and that when it's combined with this discernment, you're just really um, aligned. Mm. That alignment is potent mm. and, um, and potent. 
it's a very alignment is dangerously potent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really want to recognize, I think it's interesting that obviously we're on this call, the three of us, and we're all at different phases of the journey, right? I don't know where you are, Shani. Where where are you in your in your journey towards um, so yeah, I'm 46, so I'm not in menopause yet, and I'm not really feeling any of it yet, except I have had you know, I've written a book about menopause and I've had lots of menopause. So academically, I've been through it millions of times, but as we know, there's <laughs> the theory and the reality. So, yeah. yeah. I'm 55 and then obviously, Alexandra, you're our, you're our elder over there who's well past where I am. I'm in the maelstrom, right, which is like the scrappy maelstrom of all this wonderful um, initiatory work. And as you all know, for those of you who are listening, you know, my whole world is involved in the archetypes of the divine feminine and initiation journeys and the mystery school. And, and so a lot of what you talk about in the book, you know, is the training when we're going through our active cycling years, right? You know, from our ovulation through premenstruation through menstruation, that whole cycling is really preparing us for this initiatory journey. Can you speak a bit about that? Because I think for women who maybe haven't actively worked with their blood mysteries, you know, it can come as a bit of a shock <laughs> to get to menopause. Yeah. And yes, I've prepared and you kind of go, well, hang on a second. Shouldn't someone have given me the damn manual? Isn't there a manual about how to do this? So I'd love to yeah. hear the connection is between tracking our menstruation and then what we can do at menopause. Because I think for those of us who are, where you are, Shani, and where I am, there's some navigational tools that are kind of useful to start working with, even at this late stage. So let's just maybe talk about that together for a bit. Yeah, yeah good one. Um, because we are, we are given a manual. Right. We come coded with the, right. with the manual. We live the manual. <laughs> In some ways, you could say your menstruating years are the kind of training ground right. or the developmental process and maturation process that prepares you for the great initiation of menopause. And, um, yeah, so often Alexandra and I reflect on this a lot because, of course, menstrual cycle awareness is uh, really only um, <laughs> making its comeback uh, in the last, you know, decade or so, thanks to all the brilliant work that people like Alexandra and yourself and, you know, many others have been doing through what we call the dark ages. <laughs> but the knowledge is so lost that so many are arriving at menopause uh, in the and, and just kind of faced with the uh, catastrophe because they haven't been connected to the organic process that's evolving them into this mm. uh, initiation so yes so from menarche from our first bleed we are really put into this kind of cyclical consciousness which is a profound training ground in um in the way of the feminine in the in the in the world of the mysteries <laughs> And uh, of course, when we're very young, that's all quite innocent. And um, but the process gets deeper and more compelling as we get older. And we speak about this in Wise Power. Are there these sort of seasons to our menstruating years? 
And this final season, which is the season I'm in, which is the years kind of leading up to menopause, uh, we talk about as being the autumn of your menstruating years. Mm -hmm. And um, is really colored by a lot of those premenstrual qualities and powers um, that come to the fore and sort of start to kind of dominate um, life overall. So you you spoke about this intensifying kind of premenstrual energy. Um, in the years leading up to menopause, there is a real buildup of those powers in our being. And that's a very kind of crucial part of the preparation ground for menopause. But I'm just going to backpedal a little just to say something a bit more general to link back to what Alexandra was speaking about right at the beginning about how um, menopause is an initiation, this death and rebirth process. Hmm. And as she was describing the kind of dismantling of identities and that need to separate from the world and that descent into the kind of shadow and then how that um, disarmoring and um, sensitizing then awakens us to who we really are, sort of brings us into this revelation of who we are and ultimately into this really powerful discerning alignment that she spoke about and unleashes this creative power, this uh, next level of service for life. As she was describing all of that, I was just recalling how grateful I am to my menstrual cycle because that exact process, sure, it's on like a, it's sort of on a micro level compared to menopause, but that exact same psychological and spiritual process is what we're going through every menstrual month. And menstruation is that moment of death and rebirth. And the pre-menstruum um, really takes us into that uh, dismemberment that, um, you know, you spoke about this wild horse that wants to be unleashed, really the disarmoring of our socialized self, the identities we've been carrying and um, brings us back into, you know, what we call our wild power menstruation. So this is one of the ways that the menstrual cycle and the practice of menstrual cycle awareness, which is a spiritual practice, it's a profound spiritual training, it's a spiritual path, um, how it prepares us for menopause and really builds in us the psychological tools and the skills we need to be able to um, make, you know, navigate menopause um, in a way that feels kind of dignified, where we can really feel held by the process, even as we feel abandoned, which sounds like a complete contradiction. But I believe that we can experience both through the spiritual training that menstruation offers, both yeah. the death and the incredible um, expansion that we can feel beyond ourselves when we really let go into something in the way that we do when we bleed. Yeah. Thank you for saying all of that, because I think that this is the piece, you know, obviously the work that you've been doing for many, many years is bringing the awareness to this, the spiritual practice, that this is our mystery school. This is our feminine mystery yes. school. It's encoded into our blood, breath and bones. It's like it's in our bodies. And I remember, you know, I was sharing with Alexandra that, you know, I started in this movement 20 years ago 
through the Red Web Foundation, which was a foundation that we set up in San Francisco all those years ago. And I remember back then when I first consciously made that connection to the cycles, I felt then an incredible betrayal. I was so that I hadn't been passed this knowledge by anybody. No. It had been ruptured, right? Because yeah. so, I mean, this is the seat of the feminine mysteries. Everything is about life, death, and rebirth. That, that, yeah. that's, that's what we're coded with. And it's, yeah. it's in every aspect of the world. It's fractalized, you know, out to the cosmos and down to the cellular level. It's happening everywhere. And I was like, how can we not have been given this information in a coherent way that we are naturally alchemical, that we are naturally designed to transmute and we do this every month and we're magical because of it. It's a magical process. And I remember being so pissed that I wasn't given that information. And then likewise at, me at menopause, that this has become like, like menstruation pathologized, right? It's become a disorder. It's like a thing that we have to, like pregnancy and childbirth and death. It will be mm -hmm. things that we need to somehow put medical things around. Mm -hmm. When they're not medical disorders, they're actually just part of our lives. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to talk about that for a moment because I think a lot of women who I talk to um, see menopause as something that needs to be fixed. And, and, and I'm not judging anybody for the choices that you make at all about how you manage your menopause because... It is pretty intense. Some of the symptoms are pretty wild and, and, you know, from the hot flashes through to the massive amounts of blood that can be lost to the, you know, to the irritation and mood to the, for me, it was sore breasts and big belly and, you know, just really uncomfortable. But I really want to talk about it from how can we look at menopause differently than something we need to get over or get through just like how we can look at menstruation differently. So I'm kind of curious what you might say to us as a way to be more empowered about this, both the menstrual phase of our cycles, but also the menopausal phase of our lives. Mm -hmm. Firstly, I just want to say how I loved the way you described uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that sort of cyclical life in everything embodied in us and, really touched me when you said, you know, I felt just such betrayal. It is a shocking, shocking betrayal. We've been locked out of a spiritual path and practice that is built into our beings. It's inside us. It's a shocking betrayal. Um, actually, the, the way I really, a very simple way that I approach thinking about uh, how to sort of approach menopause, um, and or how, rather, if I, I'll just stumble away here. And so maybe I maybe I answer your question, which is, um, you know, menopause is really giving you a very big report on the state of your overall health and well-being. And just on the state of your psyche and everything else as well. But at that vulnerable level, you know, it's, it's really a huge kind of report card on how we're doing yeah. um, in our overall health. Um, it's a vulnerable moment and our bodies use vulnerable moments to say, hey, 
you know, there's some vulnerabilities here. Yeah. And um, if, you know, Shani was talking about how we are prepared for menopause and she was talking largely about the sort of psychological, spiritual preparation. But when you're practising menstrual cycle awareness, you're actually, it's a very foundational self-care tool. You're actually pacing the state of your nervous system, the levels of your energy, and then, you know, the vulnerable moments in the cycle are, uh, of course, the premenstruum. That's because our energies are dropping there. That's where our immune system is most sort of sensitive, permeable, if you like. And um, so, you know, a lot of the premenstrual symptoms uh, that come up, you know, they, they're they just indicating, hey, you know, your diet needs improving. You know, you're too stretched, stressed. You're tired. You're tired. <laughs> just exhaustion can, you know, bring all this. There's, of course, layers on top of that, but I'm really talking about this foundational level. And this is just so important and useful to know this information for those of you who are, you know, in your 40s and coming up to menstruation. To um, really to start to work with your uh, menstrual cycle is this marvelous self care tool, and you know obviously our book Wild Power really kind of articulates that. And um, but uh, but where you're getting real serious, you know, if you're getting health problems, address them then. And which is actually what happened to me because I had really bad health problems. I had fatigue, allergies, you know, a lot, awful. And um, I had very few symptoms going through menopause because I, by then, had developed, you know, I had such fierce self-care practices mm-hmm. and I had done so much to improve my health um, that actually I did not really. I cannot. I, I remember thinking, "Is this a hot flush?" No, no. I didn't really get any flushes until the end. Really, when I was sort of coming out because I was tired. I'd moved countries. I was living in Australia and I moved back to the UK, and um, I was kind of exhausted from <laughs> that monumental move. Um, so, um, really. And I really want to address those of you who are in menopause right now and really feeling the onslaught of um, or experiencing a lot of extreme symptoms. Actually, and, and yes, you may be reaching for HRT to help you survive and cope, but I just need to say to you, this is, I have no, you know, it's very important that you do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Um, but HRT is not a replacement for uh, diet and rest and whatever other, you know, things that you may be needing. It may be necessary for you to have supplements and so on. And you may need to go to a health practitioner. Um, but I just want to do a big shout out for the power of diet. To it, You can do radical stuff like just cutting out crap. From your diet, so really understanding menopause as a health. If you're, it's, it's kind of a health alert. Yeah, yeah. and and, and yeah. I, I want to bring in the voice here of uh, Dr. Laura Bryden. I'm not sure if you know her, but she's an amazing uh, naturopath and has written about menopause in her most recent book. And she talks about 
menopause as being, uh, does she describe it, Alexandra, as a window of opportunity? Like there's this. Uh, well, yes, just sort of coming into menopause. Yeah. Yes. But there's this profound opportunity to reset or yes. set up your health for the second half of your life. So as Alexandra described this, be, this being a kind of report card on your overall health and your, your psychological and mental health, whatever comes up is there to be addressed. And we it's this gift uh, that comes to us in order that we may heal, profoundly heal, and put ourselves in good stead for the next um, part of our life. So I really love thinking of it in those terms as a sort of um, window of opportunity for healing. And then I just want to add one other piece here because um, I imagine you were getting there, Alexandra, but this is also important both with the menstrual cycle and menopause. Not only is it a report card on your own personal health, we talk about it as being a report card on the state of the world as well. There's this not so personal level going on where we are um, really uh, needing to tend to the state of the world as it shows up in our bodies and our beings, the fallout of, um, you know, the way we've been living and the kind of toxicity and um, uh, just abuse of the natural world and so on and so forth. So that's also really important just to mention is that that's a huge part of the healing that's also happening is healing not just for ourselves but for the world oh, love. you know I, as you're both speaking I'm also really struck by you know when I think back over the last few years of my own journey and for those of you who are listening I encourage you to just have a little little sort of pause a moment to, to, to be with this but you know it's it's that, that window of opportunity I've been con really very conscious of that in my own life journey about setting the stage for the next phase of my life and what is actually important and what is the legacy to go to what you were saying, Alexandra, of what I'm here to leave behind. And I think, you know, I've, I've shared with a lot of my listeners, you know, my own journey is I didn't have children of my own. And um, my menopausal journey started after I had a miscarriage at 46. And so I got pregnant for the first time in my life at 46 and I lost the baby and it put my, my body into the menopausal journey. That's when it began. And there was a huge reckoning for me because I had a huge breach in the relationship with my mother. I was an unmothered daughter. And anyway, it, it was a very powerful um, initiation call, if we will, to the depths of a death of an identity of something that was never going to happen for me in this life that I was reckoning with, um, that was connected into the wound of my mother. And I, so I just want to say that this journey does bring up, like you said, Alexandra, the shadow that we're, the thing, probably the thing we've been grappling with our entire lives mm -hmm. come to us. Mm. Unity and, 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 you know, on a psychological, physical, emotional, all the levels. Um, and I think that what, I, what I really want to say to all of you and all of us who are gathered is, you know, wise counsel with each other is, is that these 
no one wishes that on anyone, right? That's the, that's a horrifying experience and I don't wish it on anyone. And I know out of that birthed my life purpose work, birthed what I've really stepped into and hence birthed the legacy that I am here to bring forward. But if I hadn't had the maps to understand what was happening at that point in my life, I think I would have been thrown into a much deeper level of grief and depression than I was because I was able to bring something forward from it. And I think menopause has a tremendous amount of grief in it because we are faced with what we haven't done, what we did. And as a woman who didn't have children, of what is not going to happen through this body. Mm, mm. that Because I, I've done a lot of work with women who are, you know, not weren't able to have children or chose not to have children or it just didn't happen, right? And I think menopause for us is a, is a slightly different journey. Mm. This body is, it, it didn't come here to fulfill on that mission of birthing a child, but there are many other things that we are here to birth and we have to be conscious about that because I do believe if we don't birth those, then there are some deeper seated problems that can come up for us as women around our creativity and around our, you know, journey. So I just want to feed that into the mix because I think there's, we all, we all will go through some level of reckoning in this life. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. The pause is a huge reckoning. Yeah. And as you're speaking the phrase that's coming to mind for me is making peace with myself, making peace with the life that I have got. That's right. Making peace. Because I sometimes <laughs> find myself thinking, did I, did I, how come, you know, I, I, how come I ended up with this life? <laughs> this life? I, you know, I really would love to have had blah, 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 blah. Um. It's fascinating, even now I'll just find myself. <laughs> and then I realize, you know, then I, I, I sort of realized, no, that, that wasn't to be, because I had this, it turns out I had this calling <laughs> that had to be. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and it, it, it requires, it does require making peace. Mm with the life that has unfolded and and allowing meaning to come from that, which is what I did and which is what menopause can give you if you can dare to trust the process of menopause. And that's, you know, especially if, especially for people who have wanted children and haven't been able to have them for whatever reason, I didn't, so that wasn't one of my things. Um, that is huge. And there's a lot of negotiation, inner negotiation that has to go on, and a lot of grief. Oh, and did I say a lot of anger? <laughs> oh, my God, who would have thought it? <laughs> anger, top note of menopause. I don't know a person who doesn't, who, you know, anger is often the top note <laughs> and grief is sort of close behind. Yeah. yeah. And that, it has to be passed through. Mm. It has, these, all these emotions have to be passed through 
because if if you can, you use that word alchemizing, the alchemizing process within our beings. This is the alchemizing journey. You are being alchemized by these emotions, you know. Uh, you're being worked out by these emotions. You mustn't get stuck there ultimately. That's a terrible, that would be a betrayal of yourself again. Um, but you do need to meet these emotions and move through them. And it does help to have allies. Uh, especially you probably need people in menopause or post-menopause, younger people. Do not go to younger people. Do not. And if you're seeking out therapists, seeking out, seek out someone who knows what menopause is about. Do not consider going to someone anyway because you'll give them a tough time. <laughs> they won't know what to do. Uh, we're very hard to work with. Let me we tell you. Are. We're, we're very wily at this point. Oh, we're very wily and difficult and just, you know, bloody hell, we're difficult. I mean, I mean it, it's making me laugh because I was about to pipe up little pipsqueak me here um, with, with, with the comments on that. But, but actually it's very apt because I'm just, you know, hearing you talk about this reckoning, Elaine, yeah. and thing you're saying, Alexandra, and uh, in a way the rejection of, like, um, outside guidance part of the reckoning and you know you said how you could have sunk into deeper depression and grief part of the process of reckoning as i've witnessed it in others is it's really moving from that kind of blaming mm-hmm. of the life you've had or the people who have ruined you or the oh. things that haven't happened um and fighting with the circumstances of your life like being in combat with um, or wanting something or someone else to come along and rescue you. Mm-hmm. And the reckoning really is that moment of turning towards yourself and through all of that, claiming mm-hmm. yourself, claiming claiming the life you do have. And you said it, Alexandra, making peace with who you are, warts and all, like victories and failures, the whole shibboloodle, that, that is really the reckoning. And, I, you know, I've heard you speak about it so powerfully, Alexandra, how um, in a way this is the mission of menopause, is to deliver you back to yourself, this um, claiming of you. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it makes me feel almost teary. I mean, it's such a profound moment. You go, you know what? Oh, God, oh, all those things I did. Oh, no, I fucked up that. And, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, and, and the things that didn't materialize and the place I find myself in, which, you know, at that time was not f- fabulous. And just mm. daring to make who you are okay. You just, it's as simple as that to say, you know what, you're okay. You're okay. Mm-hmm. And to, it's, it's an amazing moment to do that, to make peace, to claim the person you actually are. Because that act actually really unleashes this thing called calling or, you know, what you've come to serve or your creative, your creative expression in the world. It, it really opens the door to that. 
Yeah, so if it's not this, then, oh, right, oh, it's this. I can't avoid this. This is what I have to do. It was compelling, actually. I knew it was non-negotiable, and I had to just get over myself. <laughs> I had to get over myself. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I just love the weaving of, of the different phases that we're all in. I can feel it all so clearly. And for those of you, I just I invite you to, you know, if you haven't, thought much about it to start thinking about it and feeling into it but if you probably part of my community you already have been thinking about it and just to sort of ask yourself where are you on the journey like where are you in your own navigation because it is a navigation and I I I, I keep saying you know that actually you know this is my favorite age I've ever been I've yeah. I think this is the fabulous 50s. I'm like, this is great. I've been waiting to do this my whole life because this is the end of codependency, y'all. Codependency doesn't exist now. Like we don't yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think I even really understood what codependency was until last year. Like, no, seriously. I had this awakening moment, you'll laugh at this, where I just suddenly looked at my life and I just went, what the actual? Really? Like I am done. No, you can all just go away. I'm done. And then one of my teachers turned to me and she said, oh, you're having that moment where you're saying, no more titty, no more titty for you. Go away. You don't get to have this anymore. You've got to go do your own thing. And I was like, exactly. And I was like, no, I don't want you all sucking on. No, go do your own. You're all grown ass women. You go do your thing. And, I, and it was <laughs> such a moment of recognition. Of, I was like, holy crap. That is really hard to see. Mm. It just, I, I don't know what else to say. It's like, like you said, it's that gift of sight. It's like when you see it, you see it and you can't unsee it. And it's actually kind of a cosmic joke. And I think it's where the, where the beginning, the very beginning of the baby crone comes in. You know, we're not going to be there for a while, but it's like. No, 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 no not yet. Don't rush me there. <laughs> In fact, that you know, if we had another hour, I want I would love to have another conversation with you, which is about you know we've had this template of mother maiden and crone, and I'm like, yeah, but what's the what's the third phase really? Mm -hmm. Mother maiden, queen crone, mother maiden, empress crone. You know, there's another archetype in there that comes mm -hmm. metaphors that isn't the crone because we're not ready for that yet. But no, 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 power. That comes in the in the menopause that I I call it queen or empress and it's like you know you're sitting on your own throne you're like no I'm not doing all of that and I know we don't have time to talk about that right now but maybe we will at another point I'm just seeding it in there for all of you happily happily, <laughs> happily. well I know that we um we need to wrap up for today and I'm um really excited this conversation to go out into the world. And I want to bow to you and thank you both so much for the amazing work that you are doing. And I know many women who have really benefited from being part of your Red School. And um, it's amazing that we get to talk about this and that this is something that is out there in the cultural collective now. And mm -hmm. it's just so powerful. So thank you both for your dedication mm -hmm. and devotion. Thank you, Lane. It's been such a joy, really, such a joy. It? Thank you, Charlie. I yeah. have loved every second of this conversation. Yeah. 
really. Well, if you want to know more about the work that the amazing work the Red School has been doing and the beautiful book, there's both Wild Power, which is the one that's about for those of you actively still cycling, and then Wise Power for those of you who maybe where I am and need need to acknowledge your wisdom. And of course, you'll have all the details to learn more about that on the page. I will be back with another episode of The Red Podcast real soon. And other than that, I am just sending you all so much love and I look forward to hearing from you about this episode. If you enjoyed it, then share it with somebody. That's how we share the love. All right, my loves. Much love to you all. Bye for now. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Red Podcast. It's been an honor to have you here with us. As red women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website, elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. Until next time, many, many blessings.